0: The La Petrullia de Minas de California
1: Weather headlines for today, yes
0: Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And joining us is Quinn Folk, who is the Director of Sales Development at Snowflake. So far this week, Quinn and I have talked about sales development as a core competency. We talked about should sales development roll into marketing, and today we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing building an SDR culture of excellence. Okay, here's my conversation with Quinn Folk, the director of sales development at Snowflake. Quinn, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Doug. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good having you on board. So, gonna do some level setting again, Quinn, if we can. So, let's talk about building an excellent culture our culture of excellence. We talked a little bit on day one about one of the things I have a feeling really does help create that culture of excellence, which is the ability to recruit and onboard like SDRs. People have the traits and characteristics of successful SDRs. I imagine that's a great starting point. But I want to dig a bit more into some other areas because we really want to understand how culture is built, according to Quinn and Snowflake. So let's level set a bit. What's the average tenure for an SDR at Snowflake? And how big is the SDR team that you guys are managing there?
1: Yeah, it's really important for us to clearly define that career pathing. So it's four full quarters in seats. This does not include the quarter that you're ramping. So it's anywhere from 15 to 18 months. The org that I manage is our enterprise North America org, which is seven managers and 60 SDRs. Our global sales development org consists of three second line leaders. We're headed up by Lars Nielsen, who is the global VP, and we're supported by SDR Ops org of about five people. So in total, I want to say coming into next year, the org is north of 140.
0: Okay. That is the size of many Series A and Series B companies. So this is a serious challenge. For companies like Snowflake, who have large organizations, great culture can carry great revenue generation engines, but it can also drag us down. So I've got to ask, Quinn, talk to me about culture and the creation of culture. Is it top-down? Is it nurtured from the bottom up, or is it both?
1: I think it has to be both as I had touched on earlier in a couple episodes ago, it's it starts at hiring. I need people bought into to us doing something special. So for me, a culture is a group of people believing in something bigger than themselves. We're really big at Snowflake on our SDR org. We like to say that we're building the Bama of sales development. Meaning if you were to ask anybody, where's the best place to start your career as an SDR, we want Snowflake to be in that conversation. And no one to second guess it. And, you know, people may say that that's, you know, hyperbole. But if you're starting your career, you know, pre-80s, IBM would be the place to start your career. In the 80s, you know, you'd say Xerox is the place to start your career. More recently, Salesforce would be the place to start your career. And so you look at the growth of Snowflake, why not us? So that's the top down is, you know, I have... A lot of experienced managers over 40 years of SDR leadership experience, and we set the tone as this is the best place to start your career. But as importantly, that bottoms up piece is is critical. So this is identifying team captains. I'm not saying team leads where you have an official roll up. You know, there's a lot of parallels between sales development, and this is the reason I use the Bama analogy in college football. If your top performers are being harvested from your team every 15 to 18 months, you need that next wave to step up. And so I think that that's very big for us is, you know, making sure that we're hiring people that will step up and fill those gaps and making sure that they understand that it's not a, you know, simply an opportunity for them to step step up. It's a necessity. We need that leadership from someone who's been in seat for, you know, a month all the way to someone who's been in seat for 15 months for our team to be successful.
0: So really interesting stuff here. And and for those of you that are not college football fans, Quinn is talking about the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And I think, it's a heck of a thing to aspire to, Quinn. I believe they have six of the last nine national championships under their belt. So definitely an organization that strives for excellence. So you guys are, no doubt about it, ambitious. And uh, knowing Lars, I'm not really shocked by that. So I want to take a little bit of a step back because we're, we're really talking about kind of broad strokes building a culture. We talked about top-down versus bottom-up and looking to have a balance of both. But I really have to have a conversation with you, Quinn, about this idea of high performers. Mm-hmm. and I think we know that even with the best SD organizations, quite often, it's your high performers that really carry the quota, right? And if you're doing well, you've got more of a middle class when it comes to, you know, who's performing well. But invariably, you've got those star performers. So how do you keep those star performers engaged and progressing? And then how much do star performers kind of set the culture for you guys?
1: Yeah, that's a bit of a loaded question. But no doubt, you're going to have a handful of what I like to call white rabbits. If you think back to, to like greyhound racing, the, the white rabbit sets the tempo for the whole race. And so, you know, as far as keeping them engaged, there's a couple of tricks. Tricks is probably the wrong word, but there's a couple of things that we'll do. One is just continuing investing in their skill sets. These are the people that maybe that extra meeting isn't as important as them taking the call and developing those, you know, later stage discovery skills. And so really keeping a close eye and investing on, are they continuing to to develop different skills? And then you look at the metrics. I like to challenge them. I'll pit the top two kind of against each other. If, If you have an SDR who's within reach, of the global top SDR of the quarter, that could have a material impact on their career if they have you know, they're beating out 125 other SDRs. So I try to to really encourage them and point to, there's a big difference between being 150% to quota and 200% to quota. It's really the tail end of the quarter that you have to motivate those top performers because they'll start to look to sandbagging to the following quarter because it's more important for them to have consecutive quarters hitting quota from a promotion eligibility standpoint than it is those incremental extra meetings.
0: That makes sense. So, Quinn, we had a chance to chat, and we've talked about, you know, how to really think about and build these winning teams. But we also know that quite often... Those high performers, let's call them star performers, sometimes those star performers can carry a lot of the performance for the team. In other words, they can sometimes be twice or three times effective as, say, an SDR that's just onboarding. And for the most part, our experience here is that those are great culture people. But every once in a while, you have an SDR who's a high performer, but not a great cultural fit. Do you put up with that? And if you don't put up with it, then how do you manage it and how do you deal with it, Quinn? Yeah, it's a great question.
1: I mean, anybody who's been managing entry-level SDRs has, has experienced this. A good portion of the team, this is their first professional experience. And so, if they're really good at it, they're going to develop a, a bit of a bit of an ego and maybe second guess the leadership on what the vision is for the team. I mean, I think that, you know, as much as I enjoy the pipeline generation aspect of my job, the the part that gets me out of bed every day is the people development skills or opportunities rather. And so that's really where, where the job is. And so, you know, I'm fortunate in that I've worked with a lot of SDRs over the years and have gone through a lot of these learning lessons. And it starts with a foundation of trust and them understanding that you have their best interests in mind and that you have some competency. And so when I see an SDR, who's going outside of the lines a little bit, I think that it's important to foster an environment where you can give them candid feedback and coaching. And ultimately, you know, that's just as important as the metrics. Our promotion eligibility is not just simply performance against quota and tenure for that matter. It also has to do with, are you in good standing with the organization? So I'm not going to dangle that over someone's head and, you know, be vindictive with that. However, it is a conversation starter. Are you really fulfilling this aspect of the promotion criteria? And I think that if you hire the right people and you build the trust, it's manageable to coach them out of those situations. But ultimately, you have to be willing to walk away. No one person is more important than the culture of the team and so we've had top performers that you know we've had to manage out of the organization because their behavior was not in line with our value and is ending up a detriment to the team and and to be quite honest I'm glad that we did
0: so culture first really you guys walk the talk right so you will Do everything you can to make sure that your star performers are continuing to be star performers. But at the end of the day, the culture matters. And it's a winning culture. It's a culture of excellence. And without it, frankly, the star performers probably are more dominant in that picture than they need to be. So let's take the opposite tact. I'm going to ask you one more question here, Quinn. Are there some signs that you look for as indicators of bad culture that need to be corrected?
1: Yeah, I mean... I mentor a lot of SDR leaders, and before I hop on a call with them to talk about the organization, I'm going to look up their team on LinkedIn. And Silicon Valley, people talk a lot about diversity and inclusion and how important it is to the business. But in the sales development org, that's a core competency. And I think that for me, if I'm glancing at an organization and you have a homogenous group of people on the team, that means you're only getting one perspective, one approach. And so um, that's one thing early on that, that I think is just critical is ensuring that you're building an organization that is, is made up of different views, perspectives, and, and experiences, because that's really the only way you're going to grow. So I'll give you a concrete example. There are some people that will have a a phone heavy background, right? They will make 150 dials a day and they'll get to their number that way. There's other people that they're most effective at communicating on LinkedIn and they may not make as many calls, but they're generating very tailored messages. Well, the best cultures and the best SDR orgs are able to take a little piece of each and blend them into their playbook so that each SDR is improving at all aspects of the job as opposed to a homogenous approach.
0: Quinn, I really appreciate your being on the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator podcast. Thanks to Quinn Fulk, Director of Sales Development at Snowflake for joining us. If you would like to contact or learn more about Quinn, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit his company website at snowflake.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show, of course. You can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is at Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.